Yo, what's going on, family? This is T. Moore. And this is Curtis. And together, we are the, the Walk With Kings, Kings Podcast. Podcast. Hey, what's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of Walk With Kings. Hey, man, today we have an amazing guest, Mr. Josh Johnson, founder and CEO of Dope Dad. Now, this dude was born and raised in the city, not county, of St. Louis, Missouri. And I'm telling y'all, this dude has been on a mission to change um, and put a highlight in, on encouraging I mean, inspiring the positive relationships between fathers and their children with the brand started back in 2017 called Dope Dad. I'm telling you, I mean, between merch and the events that they have, this brand is honestly really reshaping the way that black men look at fatherhood. So we're super excited today to have him on the show. Um, And I'm going to let Curtis get in on it. Josh, my man, welcome. What's up? What's up? See, I'm surprised, you know, my boy T. Moore, you know, read the bio. And Josh left on one point. Josh, and, and me and you talked about this, T-Moore. We talked about our last episode in our intro. Yeah. Me and you both in a part of the same fraternity. And uh, I just knew, I just knew that Josh is going to make mention of what fraternity part of. I want to get him space. Shout out to the noobs, you know. Shout out to the who? The noobs uh, of Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated, you know. What, what year are you, uh, you going with, Josh? 2010, spring 2010. 2010. So it's been a while. So, and anybody from St. Louis know, like, the two alpha males in the city is Beta Nu <laughs> and our chapter Alpha Ada. Like, our history between the two chapters is very long and extensive. It's a long history. Let's it's, just say that the most ideal situation wouldn't look like us sitting at this table <laughs> talking right now. But it's amazing what we can do as black men when we change the narrative. That's, that's called growth. <laughs> Big growth. Agreed. It's called growth. And, I, and it's a real thing because... And, and Josh, I know you can attest to it that as we as we come into our organizations, you know, our pro fights, you know, they they pump us full of these stories and narratives and this pride and you know friendships that you once had before you go over get tested uh, because now you're part of two different organizations mm-hmm. and you're not only a part of two different organizations but you you're amongst members who may have different feelings towards members of the, org- of the organization. I know I've had that issue, you know, before, uh, and it took some major growth to understand and realize that, you know, just because you're a Kappa and I'm an Alpha uh, doesn't mean that we should not get along and should not coexist. So I'm glad that we've been able to mature and grow past that because that stuff gets ugly sometimes. Absolutely. We actually, we all knew each other before we crossed those sands. We was all cool before then. Sure. I knew all of y'all separately from Alpha or separate from Kappa, you know. And it's, and it's a good place to see. And we were talking about nicknames earlier <laughs> and stuff like that. I See, I don't know how far back you have remembrance of Josh. I remember Josh. Well, you know, y'all from, are old in the game. From, <laughs> so, I mean, technically I'm old, too. I'm he comes from a, he comes, like right. the Johnsons. And mm-hmm. the blues mm-hmm. are like famous in St. Hey, Louis. That's family. That's all family. So, like growing up, I think I was like in high school, like when GCB, yes sir, was like was taking over. I don't know if you. If yeah, you I'm looking. At, I'm looking at both of y'all. What's GCB? Oh man, GCB, I don't know what, man. I don't know what we, it stands for. Get crunk boys. Get crunk boys. Yes sir. We uh we used to throw high school parties. Wow. Shout out to Aunt Man. Shout out to Shorty. Shout out to Crazy. Y'all all hey, we we were having a good time in high school. It oh, was okay. They, they, definitely, college, they definitely put on for the city. Uh, like they had like, th- and when this is like when YouTube first like kicked off, they had, they had YouTube videos and like them dancing, and like 
you know, starting like whole GCP GCB dances around St. Louis. So that I mean, I'm that goes even week. back I'm to finna, high I'm about to definitely look them up. And you got to think, why, why, why? That started. That's yeah. shorty GCB. Yeah. Oh wow. Oh wow. That's <laughs> he, real. He named everybody in it. You know he. You heard that second verse. That's all GCB. Hit him with that. Wow, wow, wow. Go listen to it right now. As a matter of fact. Yeah, man. If y'all listening, make sure y'all. Y'all go check it out on YouTube. Uh, hopefully, it's on Apple Music and Spotify and all the music platforms. Uh, stream that shorty. Uh, wah, wah, wah. Man, yeah, shout yeah. out to shorty, bro. Shout out to shorty. Yeah, he wanted to make sure I told y'all what's up, man. I was just with him. That's my dog. Yeah. But uh, no further ado, man. I, I kind of want to do around, around the room real quick, you know, just a level set. See how everybody feeling today. Like, you know, how how is your week been? How have you been feeling, you know, you know, as a black man, I know for me personally, uh, the last two weeks uh, with just everything that's going on within our community, mm-hmm. um, ar- around the world, um, you know, I've been doing like some massive reflection. And honestly, like a week ago, I was in a, in a sense of extreme pain, rage, frustration, um, to the point I even spoke out at work about how I was feeling. Like I took a mental health day uh, because I didn't want to fake the funk coming to work. Um, not being my whole self. Um, and being that I work around a large majority of white people, white males, um, I, I didn't feel comfortable going into work. I, I, I can't say this week I feel, I feel much better. I've been able to process and really think and just, you know, take that time to heal. Um, so I'm feeling good this week. I'm feeling positive. I'm feeling uplifted. Um, but how you, how you gentlemen feeling? You know, um, I'm feeling today specifically, I'm very excited, for, obviously, for this this podcast interview. It's a, a blessing to be invited to be here. Um, similar to what you said, this week has been a long week, you know, considering, you know, I'm still working full time. The current events of the world that's going on right now, everybody, you know, you can't help but to feel emotions from that. And uh, actually, when all this, when all these incidents began and the protests began, I was actually out of town, out on the lake, enjoying some serenity. And, you know, you turn on the news, the media, and it wakes you up really quickly. And in trying to prepare my mind, that's when I felt all these emotions. It was up and down roller coaster. Like, I'm angry. I'm frustrated. And it was a, a frustration that I really, you know, was boiling over at this point. And then it was a calm coming. And, you know, I actually work in law enforcement. And I was trying to prepare my mind to come back to this city and what I may have to face, what I might maybe having to do, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, so my, my moves were up and down. I kind of isolated myself for a while, you know, really focusing on what's going on, focusing on what I needed to do. Um, I had a lot of conversations with people like, you know, how you doing, how you feeling? I'm sure a lot of people checking on you all as well as black men. And, you know, my answers were vary from, from person to person. You know, right now I'm okay. Right now I'm not okay. Yeah. Um, but again, it's been a busy week as well because Father's Day is coming up in the East. This merchandise, these orders that people putting in, man, got me running all over the city. But again, it's a blessing. I'm happy, but I will be happy once I get this last order shipped off. I got you. <laughs> no, that's real. I, um, <clears throat> man, it's crazy. Like I think that this week has been really, it's been really opening. Like I've had, like I've shed a lot of skin this week. Like a whole bunch of growth. Like a whole bunch of challenges. Like man, you know, my queen and I, bro, we've been we've been at odds mm. these last couple of weeks, man. And like you know, yesterday we had a conversation. It's like man, you really got to start being open with yourself too. Like, you know, I be, I was mad as hell these past two weeks. 
But then, like, off one conversation, I realized it's, like, a lot of trauma that I just haven't, like, finished working through, you know. So, I mean, this week has just been, like, a skin-shedding week for me, bro. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just been in the midst of all the stuff that's going on with the world. Like, you're still here, and you're still black, and you're still a man, and you still got bills to pay, and life still goes on. So, it's like, you know, you want to just sit and just be like, okay, I'm going to just relax, and I'm just going to, like, try to process everything. But in the midst of processing, you still got to, like, be present. You know what I'm saying? So this week has been like a good skin shedding week. And it's just realizing like how important communication is now more than ever at this point. So I'm good, man. I feel like, I mean, God honestly keep putting good energy in my world, like that's bringing good that's people around too. That's the key. But man, let's jump right into it, man. So Dope Dad. Yes, sir. Josh, you started Dope Dad June 2017. Mm-hmm. Where... Where did the idea, where did the notion and the, the want to start this brand, to start this movement, you know, come from? What sparked to say, you know what, you know, this is what, you know, what I see is needed and I'm going to create it. What, what made you create Dope Dad? So Dope Dad didn't come about until um, I became a father. I became a father back in April of 2015. My beautiful daughter, Corey. Check her out, the Corey story. Um, and what it was, you know, before I, I had a kid, I was so nervous about fatherhood. It was, you know, an area that I had never experienced. I had a goddaughter, but that she wasn't my sole responsibility. But just thinking, I'm about to be a father. What do I do? Do I do this? How do I do it? Um, you know, because there's no instruction manual, you know. And I, I thought that it had to be a perfect thing. Like, hey, this baby's going to come, and you got to know what you're doing. And I found that it wasn't that. Uh, and actually, I was at one of you all, one of your chapter's events, the Memorial Day picnic. And I had my daughter with me. My homeboy Climate had his son. And uh, Focus had his daughter when we took a picture. And one of my homegirls, T Animated, commented. And she's like, man, y'all so dope. Like, I love y'all relationship with y'all kids. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what, we weren't doing nothing special. We just took a picture, you know. But it kind of opened my eyes like, maybe I am doing this right. Like, I am doing something. Um, so I start thinking like, it's so many dope dads out here. And I was like, you know, maybe more people need to have this validation or this reminder that, Hey, you're doing the thing, you're doing it. You, you got it. You got to figure it out. It may not look perfect to you, or you may not be perfect in everything you do, but you dope. And let's, let's show the world. That's dope, man. And like you said, there is no, no blueprint. I remember, um, so I have, a. um, a stepson, he's actually here in the studio um, building. But I, you know, Jordan, I came into his life when he was, uh, he had just turned two. Mm-hmm. Um, and immediately I, I got this feeling of I have to be like, you know, this great figure. I have to do everything right, you know, and I try to mold him to be what I feel like a child should be. And then, I had uh, me and my wife had our second child together, Chase. And that was like, I'm talking about newborn. <laughs> I don't know how to hold them. I'm scared. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even want to move. Like, my wife would tell you, like, I would sit on the couch. I would say, hey, you got to bring them to me, put them <laughs> in my arms, and I will not move. Hold them tight. Hold them tight. Hold them tight. Cause <laughs> lift that like, head up. Lift that neck. Keep the head still. I'm just like, if I let his head go, his head go. Like, I just, I'm just not knowing. Mm-hmm. And, and I even tried to rely on the things that I remember about, you know, fatherhood from, you know, my dad raising me. 
but it's like completely different when mm-hmm. like when it's you mm-hmm. and your child. Like, yeah, you can kind of you know piggyback off of you know things that you learn from like your father or father figure or uncle, but when it's you one on one with your child, there is no blueprint. There is no because every child is different. Absolutely, every child is different, and the way you approach fatherhood is different for every child. Um, so I, I I think that you're actually providing visually a good uh, playbook or a good advice book for fathers. I think just being present. I think that a lot of times people don't realize black men being present, you know, in their child's life. And I think that's why you, you know, you receive the comments received, man, it's just so dope just to see you and you smile a lot. So yes, I know sir. you was in the picture just smiling, just Big looking cheese. real happy. Hey, y'all gonna say he cheesy. That's my dog. He be, I'm like, man, that's Josh Dad. When you're not smiling, I'm like, something going on. Something yeah, wrong. man. Um, adding on to my answer early. So Dope Dad, we started, I started it very simply. It was very simple. Mm-hmm. Just show. We want to show Dope Dad. And as I kind of grew it into a, a brand, that's where I kind of added on more to the mission. So like you said, at first it was just the highlighting piece. We want to show everybody that, hey, you know, everybody's a good dad. Here, he's a good dad over here. This guy's a good dad. Here's a picture of him and his kids, blah, blah, blah. Um, but also, like you said, that kind of, that playbook that you spoke on. So some dads are figuring it out. Everybody don't got to figure it out. Some dads don't know what to do. So like I said, we were just at a, I just took my daughter to a picnic, something that I wanted to go to and she's just with me. Mm-hmm. And some dads don't know, like, those are things you can do. It's all about these interactions, this relationship. So that's where the, um, creating that space comes in like the, the events you spoke about like we have events to create that space for dads to come in and you know just have these interactions with their kids that they may not be able to initiate themselves so that's a part um and i'm sorry i cut you off no it's all good i was uh i know you you finna speak real quick Timor. i just wanted to say just thinking about what you just said i was recently watching this uh nipsey interview and in the interview he said do you know how kids spell love he said, T-I-M-E, time. And what you're talking about, hey, I want to go to this picnic. I'm bringing my daughter along. You know, people don't realize how much goes into preparing your kids <laughs> to go somewhere with you. From, like, the diaper bag mm-hmm. to making sure, you know, you got extra wipes in there. You got extra diapers. You got snacks. You know, all of that stuff. Then you then you get to the car seat. Make sure that the car seat is you know in order. It, it's a lot of planning that goes into Man, you know look. incorporating your kids and you know in your running around and having fun and stuff like that. I know you can attest to that too. Man, <laughs> praise God. Um, you know I think I mean so my my entry into fatherhood is similar to you, Kurt. So like, um, I have a chosen daughter, right? I got my chosen one, and then I got my biological um, son. So my chosen daughter is she is three going on four right going on forty five actually, <laughs> but then I got my my four one year old son going on a hundred because he just so laid back like you. so dude getting hashtag girl dad is a whole nother world mm-hmm. than hashtag boy dad boy dad is dope right because it's like all right that's my that's my little boy dad mm-hmm. that's my man you know he's gonna carry the legacy and then girl dad you gotta figure out hair and I'd be like man. Like the, I, I'm like, oh, I'm like, is it the barrette? Is it the, like, is it the, the hair scrunchie? Like high I'm ponytail, like, low ponytail. Man, and then like she got the nerve to tell me she don't like something, and I'll be like, oh no, you didn't. 
Hey, this is the best that daddy can do. <laughs> so my you mommy does it this that. way. I'm like, look, I'm not your mama, okay? Exactly. Right? I find myself saying all old people stuff now. Like, <laughs> go on about your business and find something. Stay in a child's place. Like, I be right. doing all stuff just because I don't know what else to say at that time. Like, man, look, you know. But, like, I think that I'm, I'm, all, I'm super curious, right, about how brands start and, like, where they find their mojo, right? So what do you think, like, do you feel like you've hit your stride yet? Or do you feel like you're still kind of figuring things out with the brand? Um, I feel like I'm definitely gaining some momentum. I'm still very young mentally in the branding and the business aspect of it. Um, well, you've come to the right place, Josh. Absolutely, absolutely. I don't have <laughs> a, a huge team or anything. So I, you know, you, as you stated in the, the introduction, I, I'm the CEO. I make all the decisions. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's helpful to have um, other opinions, other ideas coming in, things like that. So I, I feel like I'm gaining momentum, but I still am missing a few pieces that are going to help take us to that, that next level. And, you know, even like in our community, in my communications as a dope dad, I always say we, we, we. And yeah. sometimes people ask questions like, oh, who's I'm like, well, I mean, we as a as a community of dope yeah. dads, like, you know, what I mean, like yeah. it's, it's me doing this type and I'm the same person, you know, people are like, oh, well, you know, Josh told me to come here. And I'm like, well, this is Josh. Like, it's, <laughs> it's the same person answering this email. It's just, you know. But I mean, but that's super important what you're doing, bro. Like, even from a standpoint, like business, like that's mm -hmm. fire, right? Mm -hmm. To be like doing the communication, like, yo, we this and we that. Like, that's important. You know what I'm saying? Because like right now, what it looks like to people is that you do have a team, mm -hmm. right? So that's extremely important. Um, so, yeah, man, I think that that's really dope. So, Josh, since becoming a father in 2015, um, like what's been like the biggest adjustment that you've had to make as far that fatherhood has had you to make? I know for you know for many of us, you know we were young, we were we, we was outside, single. we was outside, outside. just, just saying we was like, outside. Just yeah, it's walk with King, baby. We was yeah. outside, <laughs> we was outside, definitely outside. So like, like what what's been some of the biggest adjustments you've had to make uh, since becoming a father? My biggest adjustment, I would say, would be my my time management. Before I had a kid, I could go where I wanted to, when I wanted to, with without any concern. You know, I could stay up all night. I could go out all night. I could sleep in all day. Um, having a, a child, you got to plan ahead. There's got to be some sort of plan. It could be a loose plan, but you got to have some plan. So when my daughter came into the world, I'll, I'll tell you a quick funny story. It was one night, um, and her mom and I, we, we co-parent. So she spends some time with mom, mm -hmm. some time with dad, typically, you know, three days a week, four days a week. Um, so she was with mom. So dad's like, you know, I'm going I'm to go out, have a good time. Stayed out all last night or all night. The very next morning, I had to get my daughter hurt, hurt. And I realized mm -hmm. no matter what I do, me being a father, me having a daughter isn't going to change. That part's not going to change. Right. So I had to learn, hey, you got to manage, you got to balance. You got to think a few steps ahead, a few hours ahead, sometimes a few days ahead. Um, so I think that was the, the biggest adjustment. Uh, before I had my child, I was so worried that my life was going to be completely different. Like life was going to just change. I had to become a dad now. I can't do this. I got to get rid of my motorcycle. I can't wear uh, Jordans anymore. Like, oh, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And y'all can't see me right now, but I got my hands on my head. Very <laughs> Panicking. Um, but it was... It was me kind of watching other dads prior to me having my kid. It was a, a few dads that I that I saw doing their thing. They had new kids, but they were still who I always knew them to be. And they could still dress fly. They could still be them. 
and take care of their responsibilities. And that's that's also a big part of Dope Dad. Like, you don't have to, yes, there's going to be new responsibilities, there's new considerations, but you can still be you. You like to read comic books, you can still read comic books. You like to go to the movies, you can still do all these things. It's just now you have to consider someone else as well, like consider your dependent as well. That's real. I have dad guilt sometimes that when I buy me a pair of shoes, I got to buy both of them oh. a pair of shoes. Oh, man. You do with that? Actually, ju- I me. actually just g- kind of got over it, but, like, that's a real thing. And I think that's one of, for me, that's one of the biggest adjustments that I've had to make uh, with fatherhood is uh, selflessness. Um, but it also putting, putting balance. Like, I'm still, like, navigating my way, you know, through fatherhood. Like, me being, having two two boys and they're, you know, ironically, they're both Gemini. So if anybody know anything about Gemini's, they can be hot and cold. Absolutely. So I have two hot and cold boys. One just turned eight. One is three. You know, five years apart. So there's a language barrier. And they have different personalities. So I'm learning to navigate and manage, like, those personalities. Like, the oldest, Jordan, he's a little more uh, sensitive then my three-year-old. My three-year-old is sensitive because he's still a baby, but he's very aggressive. <laughs> no, Chase is very aggressive. He's very aggressive. <laughs> he like, what's up, uncle? I'm like, dude, what's good? Or he don't or he won't speak at or, all. Yeah, he won't. Or he'll just run up to me and like, you know, punch me. Whether Jordan will run, come up to me and give me a hug. So like yeah. there's a different dynamic. But I've learned like being a father, uh, you know, dealing with people as they are. Um, I've learned about patience mm-hmm. um, and I've learned about putting others before myself, you know, what the true definition of what that looks like. Like, like what you said, like, I feel like I can't maneuver in this world without making sure that my kids are in a prime position, whether that's, you know, how I save money, you know, invest in my 401k, just working, just all, like my whole being changed having kids. I know for you, Timor, you know, you being an entrepreneur and you moving around and stuff like that, man, and you got a daughter and a son, both under the age of five. So, like, man, how did you adjust? Like, what's the biggest adjustment you had to make since, you know, becoming a father? Yeah, man. I mean, yeah, it was definitely a big adjustment. And I'm like you, Josh. Like, I was like, yeah, I don't know how this is about to work. (laughs) And, like, I mean, I got to a point, y'all, like, man, when I found out that we were pregnant, right, and I say we because, like, you really do go Because you go through it, too. Absolutely. Through they carry. Like, they carry. But you go through it, too. But you also have, like, emotional Absolutely. ups and downs as Let well. me say that one more time. They carry. <laughs> and, Nine and, months. And let's define they. These beautiful black women. Amazing. They carry for nine months. And then even after that little human being is out of them, they have majority, right, have, even if it's not, a, like, the seriousness and, like, the... Um, the depth of like postpartum, mm-hmm. like they're still having to get back to themselves, right? Absolutely. Like after having this human being in their body for, you know, nearly a, a year. hormone dump is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then for those who have complications during the pregnancy, that's even more of a, you know, a thing to recover from. But I think that for me, you know, I think the biggest adjustment, man, it was just scary as hell because I was like, y'all got to get a real job. Absolutely. Like this, like entrepreneurship thing, that ain't going to work. Guaranteed like, income. That ain't gonna work. Mm-hmm. Like the guaranteed thing is a is a must. But I think that what's most important for me in my situation, bro, I was super scared. Like I was like, this ain't a part of my plan right now. Right? Like 
I'm like, nah, I'm good. And I hit him with the, I hit, I hit, I hit my, I hit, I hit my queen with the, as they say, the, uh, the black man response. I said, so what we going to do? <laughs> and she, she, what you mean? What we going to do? I'm like, you know, so I mean, like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, are we like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, like you, you know what I'm asking. I'm, yeah. <laughs> right. So I'm scared to say it, but I think that once I got in and I realized, I think the biggest adjustment for me, you know, leading up to that conversation, the biggest adjustment was just like a matter of like time. Mm-hmm. And then also, like I said, like, again, it's, it's the main thing. I think we all have kind of hit on it, but like being selfless, right? And, and like realizing that like, yo, your time is not your time. Um, you also have other things. But I'm like, Kurt, like I kind of went into like daddy mode. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is what fatherhood looks like. This is how I have to be. Um, but then I quickly learned like, no, you can incorporate them into your schedule. Mm-hmm. They can be a part of what you do. Bro, my kids are here at the store with me all the time. Like when I'm cutting wood, making stuff, doing like they're here. And I realize it's important because, like, what they see is what they'll be, too. Mm. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? I recognize that more than ever now. Like, I love for my son and my daughter to see me doing stuff with my hands and how important it is to, like, be able to make your own stuff when you may not have the resources to go buy it or whatever. Like, getting it done. And I think that's, to me, that's the biggest thing I want to instill, too. Like, sometimes I'll be having, like, a probably a misconception, like, a bad uh, judgment. But, like, my daughter's only three and my son only one. But I be wondering, like, I'm trying to instill so much right now. So I think that that's, like, one big challenge, too. Like, having to figure out and remember they're three and one. <laughs> like, their rooms aren't going to look like, you know what I'm saying, the OCDU. Like, mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. Were, like I had to understand that quick. Because I'll still be like, yo, son, pick up the damn toys this right th- now. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, he won. His attention span is, like, over when I said son. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, again, man. Just like, enough to get his attention. Just, right, just enough to get his attention. He's like, huh? And then he's looking out the window like, nigga, car. I'm like, <laughs> man, listen, man. You know what I'm saying? But, um, but yeah, man, I think it's just like just pivoting. Just pivoting, bro. And I think it's just like you said it, though. Like seeing people and doing mm-hmm. that, I feel like it's just kind of like that marriage conversation. Like everybody who's black and young, you don't really hear a lot of like, yeah, bro, that's a dope thing to do. Right? Be, be a husband or being a dad is dope to do. It's always like, oh, man, your life going to be shoot, over after shoot. this. Yeah. Or yeah. like, oh, Nobody man, Nobody want to hit you do up it. about yeah, nothing because like, they feel like. You can't move. Yeah, mm-hmm. bro. Like, you literally, mm-hmm. like, and to me, I'm going to be honest, when I became a dad, like, I feel like I was, like, in a chase for identity, too. Like, I was trying to redetermine, like, who I am and, like, mm-hmm. what it looks like now. And, well, people look at me different because I had a child before marriage. And for those who grew up, I grew up in church. You know what I'm saying? And, like, Absolutely. granted, I definitely, I feel like I definitely took a, a step away from going to church every Sunday. But, like, girl, I was scared as hell. Like, I didn't tell my mom until my daughter's mom was almost six months pregnant. Wow. Same thing. I grew up in this Christian home. I'm like, yeah. I have to tell my mom that I'm not married, about to have a baby. Like, yeah, bro. I, I, I told my parents early on, but I didn't really even tell them. I wrote it on a piece of paper, <laughs> and I just put. I put oh, a, so you childish? Oh, okay. I, I put a date on a piece of paper, <laughs> and I slid it to them. And I like, was like, a date for like a date for like this is the expected date. Yeah, <laughs> I'm hollering. I put that on a piece of paper, slid it to her. They already knew what was up. You ran out the room after that. No, nah, it was. It <laughs> was, slid it on the door while they were asleep. We, we we had an honest conversation. <laughs> you slid it on the door like, hey, I'll be right back. It wasn't even as bad as what I thought it was gonna be. Yeah, Mama, can you, you sign this, bro? Here's the thing, because when you tell them that, I feel like you grown as hell at that point. Like, man, look, yes. we ain't finna do all that, bro. I called my mom. Like, I was living in Atlanta at the time. I literally said, uh, um, uh, hello. <laughs> You pregnant, ain't you? I said, hmm? <laughs> she said, I can tell in your voice. I said, Mama, no. What? Mm-hmm. But yeah, bro, like, oh, man, they brought back some memories right there. I'm, I'm going to slide a note. <laughs> I'm going to slide you a piece of paper. I want to give you some important information from here on out. I had to tell my mom because I had told my friends and my one of my best friends, Dre, 
Who'd you tell first? So one of my coworkers was next to me when I got the call. The first person I told was um, one of my best friends, Chief. Then I called my homeboy, Jimmy. And the, 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 what pushed me to tell my mom was that my aunt knew. So her big sister knew, and I was like, I can't let my mom find out from anybody other than me. Like, How I had told my find step out? That because, because my homeboy Dre told his mom, who He's told my aunt, Dre. who Dre big mouth running his mouth telling the family, like, I was like, no, I got to tell my mom now. She was so excited. Wow. Everybody's yeah, like, your dope. mom, she loves kids. She's going to be excited to be a grandma. I'm like, no, yeah, I don't know. They're like, Josh, you, I was 25, almost 26 at the time. They're like, Josh, are you grown? I was like, no, y'all don't know my mama. <laughs> yeah, cause your parents got like, like you say, yeah. your parents got a kind of idea how they how they would want you to bring a child in the of world. Course. They want because especially if you have parents um, that who's had kids out of wedlock. You know, my parents had me before they were married. Um, so everybody's parents uh, has an idea. I want you to be married. You know, that shows you got some stability and things of that nature, and then bring forth a child. Yeah, um, and and yeah, honestly, that that's probably that's probably the best way to do it because yeah. you're a little bit more mature. Um, there's still going to be that learning curve, regardless. Oh, I don't yeah. care mm -hmm. how old you no, are. No, absolutely, mm -hmm. married or not, that married that or don't not. Change. Yep. But I would say that you know, I I could there could probably be a difference in how I you know approached it. You know, being 30 now versus being 27. Yeah, 27 at the time when uh we had Chase. So, but yeah, bro, that tell, telling your parents stuff is nerve-wracking, no yeah. matter what age you at, no, no matter sure. how grown you think you are, because you feel like you let them down. But shout yeah. out to shout out to the parents that that embraced it. Yeah, like my mom was super embraced. Like she embraced mm -hmm. it. She like, yo, like literally, we were able to move back home. Like you know, we could we Bless came her. back, and she was just like, yo, like had this been 10 years ago i would have said no she's like but my maturity like the grace that god has given me in certain areas too sure. like she's like this is a whole new world like she's like so it is what it is like she's like you and she i remember her telling me like she's like you hold your head up mm -hmm. regardless mm -hmm. like hold your head and that was like one of the dopest things for me but i think dude honestly with having my son like in that entire experience it changed my entire scope of like the way i view my relationship with god too like it changed everything for me because before that I was kind of like, man, I'm, I'm this type of person now or whatever. Like I really beat myself up, but bro, I realized like, yo, it's about your relationship that you have Absolutely. versus like going to Bible study, going to church. Now I'm not saying nothing against that, but I realized how important it was for the relationship like with God, bro. And now like more than any time, man, I go to him. I used to go to him all the time, but it's like now I seem like I go to him a lot more genuinely and authentic than, than I did before. It was just like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to pray right now. Yeah. Now it's like, yo, God, I don't know where this other energy gonna come from, so I need yours. <laughs> like right, right now, right yeah. now, right now, because I ain't never hit no kid, but I hit this one right now. I'm gonna <laughs> go ahead and take him down through there. <laughs> yeah. Going back to uh, one thing you said, Timor, about how you, you know, you have your kids in the shop with you and things like that. That is such an amazing feeling. Um, whenever I'm doing dope dad stuff, when I can, I have Corey with me, and it's it's amazing. She said like, oh, daddy, we got to go do this for dope dad, or she'll see the the logo somewhere, and she'll say, oh, look, daddy, dope dad, and I'm like. Look at you, maybe, you know, and I I kind of try to teach her some aspects of the business. Like, you know, baby, right now we're going to go do this or we're making a delivery. And she's like, oh, daddy, they bought a dope dad hat. I'm like, yeah, and it's just amazing. She's like, you are a dope dad. Tears, yeah. tears in the wells of my eyes to hear that from my daughter. Like, because what you do it for. Man. Like, exactly. she, like, she doesn't realize now, but she, I mean, and she probably because Corey is very smart. She's very well spoken. Too smart. And she's she is so nice. 
Man, she is so nice. Is super smart. And the fact that you know that she's realizing, and that and that she gave you your flowers. Like your your daughter mm-hmm. is the one that gave you your flowers. Mm-hmm. Like that you're you're a dope dad. Like that. that the reason for lot. dope dad. Yeah. Yes. Like that says a lot, man. Josh, you 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 mentioned you know the first couple of people you told were your friends, mm-hmm. and just you know my time knowing you, like your circle seems tonight not have changed like i know friendship is very important to you uh man i just tell us a little bit about you know why friendship is so important to you in your circle because like you have a very uh tightness circle that y'all have been rocking with each other for years Absolutely. like i know bef- even before you know undergrad you know picking up some friends during undergrad and even postgrad mm-hmm. you know tell us a little bit about you know the importance of friendship in your life and your friends so as you said, most of my my friends have been around for years and we've, you know, people say it as cliche, like, oh, my friends are my family. But honestly, truly, these are they're my family, you yeah. know, and it's I think I thank God all the time because it's, it's a blessing. And, you know, our parents will even look at our friend group and say, like, God has truly blessed you all to have the group you have this this past year I actually put together an event for all of our parents to come together to meet with all of the the, uh, the friends as well, because, you know, sometimes you like, oh, I actually never met your mom or your mom never met my mom. We've known mm-hmm. each other for five years now, 10 years now, like, or your mom hasn't met so And it was an amazing atmosphere. And to have friends who you can consider family, there's there's nothing that you all can't do, can't talk about, can't discuss. And you care about each other on such a deeper level than just the surface of you know, oh, you know, come take this picture real fast. Or you want you want to go to this party? And not that there's anything wrong with that because even within our group, we have friends who are like, okay, you know, if you want to go out to call this person, or mm-hmm. if you want to go to this, you can call this person. But it's so much deeper now. You know, we care about each other's mental health. We care about each other's physical health. We kids, you know, you can have those conversations or you know, finances, anything. And it's 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 a burden off of my shoulders to never have to feel like I'm doing anything alone. Yeah. Um, you know, if I I need a last minute babysitter. I know that I can trust my world with these people around me, with my with my friends and family. If I come up short on finances somewhere, I know for a fact that I can ask these people without judgment, without, you know, any worry, and they'll they'll come through for me. And it's like I said, just having that burden off of your shoulders and being able to to trust these people and there's Thankfully, there's there's no drama, there's no malice within a group. It's just genuine love. It's a blessing, and to to bring our children up in that is even more amazing because now they're creating friendships that can can last a lifetime if they they so choose to. And it's if y'all need to, man, because I see a lot of people, uh, especially like this year and then throughout everything, like just be canceling like people out friendship. If y'all need to see what friendship looks like visually. Go follow jo- go follow Josh's Instagram page. You'll see his friends, y'all three on four day celebrations that yes, I sir. think y'all done turned into like an annual thing. Yes, sir. It's amazing. Like they'll go out and get all the emos, get 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 all the Chinese food, get all the vest soda, everything just St. Louis, and they just come together and they just celebrate from y'all uh going on bike rides. Mm-hmm. Like y'all just spend like genuine time together, and it's beautiful to see that y'all see y'all display that online, and and it's consistent, and you know it's real. You know what I'm saying? Like everything that you say, I know that 
whatever you just everything you just said, I know that you can look to your friends and get everything that you need everything. whenever you need it because like y'all been doing this for too long and too consistent, man. So I just want to give shout out to you, shout out to you know all of your friends. Shout I, out to I, the Wolfpack to the family. To the Wolfpack, I don't know who all in the Wolfpack. That's how we started. We started early, early the Wolfpack. Who in the Wolfpack? Let's see. It was me, Danielle, Kara, Willie Reed, Dre, Marvin. Asia we started with that small group and it's kind of it's amazing how the branches have connected because you know it's like oh so-and-so went to school with so-and-so so we, we're gonna bring them to the next kickback or to the game night so-and-so comes and all of a sudden now there's another connection and then that connection creates another connection and mm-hmm. you know friends family relationships in general is kind of a, a balance like some pieces just fit a little bit better and there's nothing wrong with that so yeah. Like, oh, look at this piece I'm bringing in. It's like, you didn't even know. You may not have come in contact with this person, but they're actually a really good fit for this person. Actually, I don't like to brag, but I'm responsible for a couple marriages <laughs> within my friend group. You know, these people would have <laughs> never met each other without me. But Right. You know. Hey, plug it, plug it. You, <laughs> talk, you talked about SLU. I have to mention Uh-oh. those village days. And SLU, when the black pop, there was some point in time, the, the black population at SLU hasn't always, you know, it was never, you know, big. No. But the population of black people that they did have in Slew really rocked with each other. Yes. And those village parties. Shout out to the BSA Black Student Alliance. Legendary. Legendary. I'm talking about, see, and some of the people that, that's on here that, that, that didn't experience, you know, when you have to put the trash bags on the, on the wall because <laughs> of jean stains. <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, you ain't really lived that college experience. It was whew, some good times. 8301. I remember the apartment number. T more silent because he <laughs> don't know. <laughs> hey, and I really don't. Right across I'm the like, street from yeah. your university. Yeah, no, nah, we was HBCU. We, we try, I guess, not to go over on that side. I apologize that I didn't bring you over more. Thank you. I apologize. Hey, them, hey, uh, all my, forgiven. My LB Chuck and Mike lived in the village too. So they had their thing and then the Wolfpack. So then, but when we brought everybody together, especially after like a BSA event or mm-hmm. any event like down in the city, everybody knew we going back to the village. Now, now that I think about it, the village was still cracking after I crossed. If I'm not mistaken, yes, it's, it's always the spot. Never mind, because yeah. after one of those events, we did make our way over to that um, lovely place to just hang lovely loose. Place. Quite beautiful. Okay, I understood. I kind of remember, but I don't know about it like y'all know about it. So yeah. And we gonna leave that in the back, and we gonna leave it right where it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Back in the past, we, yeah, exactly. Because you married now, so we want to make sure that everybody stays <laughs> stays safe and that they are able to record another episode after this one. Yes, I'm single though. <clears throat> well, lady, that makes one of you. <laughs> and th- and that don't mean, lady, jump into his DM. DM. Yeah, yeah, yes, man, it does. Look, look. That means he is a dope dad. He don't want no problems. So, well, let's talk about that. Real let's quick. talk about it. Josh. Uh-oh. Single. Mm-hmm. You have a daughter. Mm-hmm. A woman that pursues you, would you prefer her to have kids of her own already? Would you prefer to have kids of her own already? Or or that doesn't really matter? So from my experience, um, I've dated women with kids. I've dated women without kids. It's It varies. It varies. And sometimes it's, it's very difficult to date a woman with a kid because we may have just two conflicting schedules because, you know, personally, I don't like bringing new people around my daughter too quickly. So yeah. let me get to know you some. Let's get to know each other some before we introduce you to my child. And I would expect the same from you. I'm not trying to 
show up for our first date and you're like, hey, hey, this is Latoni. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> right. Um, Latoni back. Stay away from yeah. my dad. Stay away from my mama, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so sometimes that poses difficulties, um, but also on the other, other coin, sometimes it's difficult for people without kids to understand that, hey, unfortunately, I don't have time to see you on these days, these days, because I have my daughter or mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. Um, another, one of the biggest things I don't judge people's parenting styles, parenting skills, but sometimes people have different parenting styles than, than I do. Yeah. And I can see that when you have a child, it's on display for me. So if a young lady has a child, I can see your parenting style right now. And sometimes that's good. Sometimes that's bad on the other coin. If there's somebody who doesn't have a kid, now it's up in the air. Now I don't know what your parenting style may be. Like, should we choose to bring a, a child into this world? Or are you parenting my, my daughter, Corey? Like, I don't know. So it's mm-hmm. a, a toss-up. It's a toss-up, um, yeah. So I, I, don't, I don't say, like, yes, I do. No, I don't date women with kids or without kids. Like, if, it's, if the vibe is there, if the feeling is there, we'll figure it out. So for me knowing you, right, and just kind of, like, watching your interaction, plus I just know how, like, honorable um you and the mother of your child mm-hmm. you know how honorable y'all relationship is like y'all do what y'all have to do not only is just it's just good human beings and people but just like to ensure that y'all daughter sees nothing but amazing communication between you two mm-hmm. like what are your thoughts and has it like has it been challenging right like and again i'm not necessarily understanding exactly where you all are right from your friendship but like how is it for you like adapting to like her like your the child the mother of your child like dating and like your daughter being like future possibly being around another man like what do you have you already thought about that is that something that you like think about like man one day like there's going to be another man in my daughter's life who's going to be a father figure so first i'll speak on the the thinking about it right so when uh her mom and i decided to separate we made a decision that no matter what our daughter comes first so we had to separate our feelings for each other and not, not that we had ill feelings, but you know how breakups can be. Yeah, no, of course. Um, Especially with a child involved. It, exactly. There's a kid involved. Yeah. Um, so we said, you know, well, everything we do is going to be for our daughter. So we figured out a plan. You know, these days, this days, we're going to do this, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it, thankfully, it organically grew from that. It was not really any issues. Like, we have small little rifts here and there. But what we decided was not to blur the, the boundary. Mm-hmm. We created a boundary between each other. We say, hey, we gonna, we're going to co-parent. We're not going to keep flip-flopping back and forth. Like, okay, we're together. Okay, no, no, we're not together. Oh, we, could. we created a boundary and we, we stuck to it. And we found that that was very beneficial in raising our child. And at that moment, I realized, like, if I'm not going to be her romantic partner, at some point she's going to introduce somebody who is. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, at that point, it was just fantasy. It's like, Okay, one day it'll happen. Like, okay, that's fine. But it wasn't until it was a real thing. Like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, you got a boyfriend? Like, what's what, what you mean? Like, you know, we got a daughter together. Like, you can't, there's a man around, like you said, there's a man around my kid. Like, um, but it was, thankfully, I, I thank God all the time. Thankfully, she has um, good discernment with people. And I know and I trust her not to put our daughter's life in danger or put herself in danger and things like that. And I tell people all the time, like, I don't have romantic feelings for my, my daughter's mom, but I still protect her as the mother of my child. So of course, of course. Like, like, no, I can't tell you how to treat this girl, but you can't treat her too bad. Like, cause I, right. I'm, I'm going to have to do what I got to do. I gotta, I'm, I'm outside. <laughs> exactly. Don't get, the, 
Hey, that's facts. Uh-huh. And I think, and I'm, I don't mean to cut you off, but I'm pretty sure that she appreciates that too because just because, you know, you all are not together, that doesn't mean that I don't want the best for you. Exactly. Because what's best for you, you're going to pour that into my daughter. Ding, 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 so, ding. And we've already come to an understanding that our daughter comes first. Mm-hmm. So, no, I will never tolerate a man disrespecting you because if you feel like he can disrespect you, you're going to feel like he can disrespect my daughter. And now I got to do something about mm-hmm. it. You know, mm-hmm. I got to handle it the way I'm going to handle it. I'm sorry, boo. I'm going to step aside <laughs> on this one because, you know, this, this, this ain't how that's going to go down. And I think that if a situation ever came to be that happened like that, she's going to be like, thank you so much because, mm-hmm. hey, I, I got to protect what's – you know, these are my investments. These are my investments. I invest in Kara so she can invest in our daughter Corey. Like I invest in Corey so well she said. can, you know. So I gotta protect my investments. Man, Josh, I love you, bro. I love you too, man. It's like, bro, as I'm sitting here just listening to you, bro, I fight this conversation like on the street. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Somewhere random. It's like, nah, man. You know what I'm saying? I don't give a damn. Da, da, da. But like, just to be able to articulate yourself in a manner that's like, nah, bro. Like I have a a clear, concise vision. Of what I want for my life, mm-hmm. what I want for the mother of my child, what I want for my daughter. You know what I'm saying? And like you're so open and, and like you're airy about it. Like I love that. Cause like, bro, hide. honestly, in every situation, I think it's important. And I think when Curtis even came to me, he was like, yo, bro, we should do this podcast thing, right? And it like breaking the ground for just a flat foundation of like us to be able to communicate. Mm-hmm. Every time we have somebody on the show, like literally, it's a learning lesson. You know what I'm saying? Granted, my like my with my partner, like we are uh, together. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, but even even then, just the energy that you put toward someone who you're no longer with, like I've heard people dog <laughs> the mother of their child, and you'd be like, "Yo, bro, is it really that bad?" Yeah, like, relax, but it's more so like they're bitter, they're angry, they mm-hmm. got stuff that they ain't dealt with, mm-hmm. and they just putting anything and everything on the mother of their child. But like, bro, just for you to say, like, "Yo, we're not romantically involved," but like, don't get it twisted. Like, I still care about her, and I love mm-hmm. her as a person. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Bro, I honor you. Like, I, shit, if I had some roses, I'd give them to you, but I don't. But, like, dude, I, <laughs> I love that. I, I love that answer, though, bro. I like, that's huge. Words. That's dope. Even even now, she's she's with someone, and they, they just had their first child together. And had it not been for, you know, the virus and everything that's going on, I, I'm there for you. I'm sure I'm ready to hold the baby. You know, I, I, I wasn't able to go to the baby shower because I'm – well, I'm working, but I got an invite, and I mm-hmm. appreciate that. Like, of, of course, you know, of, of course I'm there. So I sent gifts and everything. Now, I will say it's funny because Corey, our daughter, is trying to – it's difficult for her to realize the yeah. relationship. Yeah, so, I was going to ask that, too. Like, how is that? <laughs> like, man. So, so Corey, like, she'll say, like, oh, Daddy, can you buy my baby brother some diapers? And I'm like, well, you know, it don't really work like this. She's like, oh, you need to get a car seat for your car. And I'm like, uh, well, baby, um, that is your little brother. I'm like, but that's that's not my son. Like, so I, I care about him as your brother and as you know your mom and stepdad's child. But you know, he's not really gonna be with daddy. Uh, you know, now in the future, who knows what what will happen? You know, yeah. maybe maybe we we I take them together, whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. Like, I don't know that yet, but you know, it's it's she's been trying to navigate and figure it out. But it's it's, it's oh, yeah. fun to watch. Man, we gotta put some money behind promotion, pu- pushing this specific episode. My God. <laughs> This is really like this man. has been a very transparent episode, yeah. man. Josh, I appreciate you, you know, you being open because I know we haven't dealt with it, but you know, when it comes to kids and especially, you know, that can be sensitive water for some people. But I think that being that you've been an honorable father, 
um, and, and, and you live that out loud, mm-hmm. you've been very transparent, man. I think, and I really, really appreciate that. I know, you know, schedules are tight. I know you got to, you know, run momentarily. But I want to, I want to pick your brain on two things. Okay. Uh, I'm going to ask you the question I asked you earlier, but I also want to pick your brain about this. A lot of times on your social media, I see you provide resources for uh, people to reach out if, if they're um, having, you know, suicidal thoughts or depression. Um, where does that come from? Because you, you, I, honestly, I, I follow a lot of black men. I don't see the, them use their platform to bring awareness and highlight to that. So, you know, what about you, man, that brings, you know, that that burns that fire in your in your life to want to provide those resources to our community. Okay, so like like a lot of black men, I didn't grow up with this vast knowledge of mental health, of emotional health and things like that. Um, but as you all may know, I started off working in corrections and I worked in juvenile corrections as well. And we had a young man who decided to end his life by suicide. And that hurt me like it hurt because I'm this was he was released he was at home so he had been in in juvenile for months and went home and took his life and I was mind blown because I didn't understand I'm like your life is good now your life is and it I spoke with the counselor but I had had to talk somebody about it I was I was hurt depressed like I need to talk to somebody about this and she kind of like what she's like what do you know about suicide and I'm like oh it's like when somebody's really sad like you know they blah 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 and she challenged me to learn more about suicide than the just the surface things that I knew. And I really dove into it and started learning about mental health. And, you know, there were multiple situations that I was involved in where I realized, like, wow, mental health is a is a daily thing. Like, people are really impacted by this. And, and you know, mental illnesses and things like that. And it's so taboo to talk about or to consider that, oh, somebody might be dealing with a mental health crisis or an issue. Like, no, 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 you a black man. Be strong. Like, you good. Tough it out. Mm-hmm. Or, no, you know, we don't. They don't have, that's, that's white people stuff, and that's not the case. You know, people battle silently because they either they don't want to share with anybody out of embarrassment or fear of whatever the case may be, whatever the response may be, but it's a very real thing, and it's people taking their lives because they, they don't know how to manage it. They don't, they don't have a way to manage it, and I want people to know that, you know, that there are outlets you know, I don't fault anybody who decides to, to end their life that way. You know, it may be different than what I would want, but I can't tell anybody how to live their life or end their life, whatever the case may be. But it's it's tough. Life is tough. And, you know, it's I at least want to be able to provide resources for people who want them. Should people choose to take them? That's all. I, I can't choose your life for you, but just know that I care about you as a, as a person, as a human, as a brother, as a friend, whatever the case may be. And I, I want you here. We, we need you here, but, you know, here are these things. We can talk about it. I'm, I'm actually trained in crisis intervention. Like, I, I got serious about this mm-hmm. stuff, like, because suicide, is a, it has a, a place in my heart, and I thank God that I've, I've never considered it. I've never contemplated it. You know, my, I've, I've been depressed before. I lost one of my best friends last year. I've been depressed, but at no point do I think I'm going to take my own life. But there are so many people who those, those little things, maybe that little bit that tips the boat and – in those moments, things happen. And, yeah. Well, man, I I can for one say being the person that that sees you posted all the time. Thank you mm-hmm. um, for for being open. For thank you for you know posting those resources. Um, 
you know, I think we touched on a lot of different, you know, sectors of your life today from, you know, personal to fatherhood um, to your brand. Um, last thing I want to ask you, man, is, you know, throughout life, you, you've grown, you've matured, you've overcome different challenges. But what would you say is like your proudest moment um, as a black man? My proudest moment as a black man. This this could be a, a nice long list, but I'll I'll Go choose ahead. one example. Do your thing, uh, brother. <laughs> um, I would have to say it's kind of a a group, but all the same. I think again, I told you I started working off working in adult corrections, and I made the decision to move to juvenile juvenile, and that was a a big decision. I took a small pay cut all type of things but I told myself that if I was serious about helping the community I need to start younger than than the adults that I was working with mm-hmm. you know I, I can't jump into 20 50 30 year olds like I I got to start younger so I moved to juvenile and I started working with these boys working with these youth and I loved it it was you know disheartening in a lot of ways it was I witnessed a lot of sad stuff I but I learned to to look beyond just the the picture I learned to look at the full frame. So what is what has molded you into this picture? What what brought you here? What who are you really behind what this face sheet says or whatever? Um and even from there, I grew to to create a program. So I I, I never really considered myself an, an innovator or some super creative mind. Like I can propose creative ideas to help other ideas grow, but I'm I'm never really one just to boom, let's let's do this. But one day I sat down and I said, what, what am I good at? What am I good at and how can I impact these boys? And I created a, a basketball program, but I paired it with, with life skills. So I said, what are, I put it on Facebook some years ago. I said like, hey, what, what are some things that you all learned from, your, from sports? And people gave me all these, you know, oh, discipline, time management, blah, blah, blah. And I sat down, I wrote them all down and I created a basketball lesson for each one of them. So I would have a special group of boys from all these different units within the juvenile center and they would come to my program. We would, I would teach them basketball skills, and at the end, we would find a way to parallel it with a life skill. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't always able to see them utilize them. Sometimes I could see them while they were within those walls, but it was my hope that you know they took those skills back home with them or wherever they went once they left those walls. And I think that was one of my proudest moments to really under, to really know that I truly care about this black community that I'm more than just caring about. It. I'm actually trying to put in the work to help, you know, strengthen it. Man, that's deep. That's probably one of the best, <laughs> proudest moments yet. Yeah, bro. Bro, we really honor you, bro, and we appreciate you, bro. And, you know, we give you all of the flowers, man, like while you're above ground, dog, because honestly, bro, we don't get them enough. Um, so, yeah. yeah, bro, with that being said, dude, Kurt, you got anything? Man, Josh, how can people follow you? How can people follow your brand? Give a shout out to your social handles. Absolutely, absolutely. Follow you can follow me. My personal page on Instagram is at I'm a Johnson. I M A Johnson. Not I am. I M A the letters I M A. Um be sure to follow my brand. Please follow my brand page. Instagram at underscore dope dad. Again, on Instagram, that's at underscore dope dad. On Facebook is dope dad, but you know, we really pushing the Instagram page. The website is coming soon. So follow the Instagram page and you'll see all those things. And if you go on the Instagram page, I'm 
pretty sure you got a link to how people can get some dope dad merch. You got a dope dad tee, hats, and I think you just got some sweatsuits in too. We so. got everything. Whatever whatever merchandise you want, I have it. Again, it's on the page. Um, you'll also see the events that we have on the page. Uh, we've done like dinner dates, tea parties, movie nights. You think of it, yoga days. You think of it, we'll do it. Um, please support the merchandise. I use the funds, the, the small profits I get from that. I use that to fund the events so the dads don't have to pay for anything because I, I do my best not to give anybody an excuse why they can't come. So if money was the issue, we've eliminated that. Now you just got to show up. We'll do the rest. Shout out to Dope Dad. I went to That's the fine. yoga event. Yoga is no joke. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I heard it ain't no joke. Flat out. But Josh, once again, man, thank you. Shout out to you. Shout out to Dope Dad. Shout out to Corey. Yeah. Shout out to your friends. Rest everybody. in peace, Q. Rest in peace, Q. Absolutely. Moment of silence for the king, though. Yes, sir. Dope. All right, man. Well, look, y'all, this is the best, one of the best episodes we've ever had, man. Dope Dad in the building. King mm -hmm. Josh Johnson, man. Until the next time, family, the Walk With Kings podcast. Peace. Appreciate y'all. Uh, look at what God made. I'm God-like. The image of well done. I'm too nice. Those also oh wrongs that turned to you right. And those oh so days that turned to great nights. I've been peeping and watching, waiting my turns. These niggas ain't straightening up like a nappy hit minus terms. Shit would take. Nowadays rappers like leaves and fall. They would look away. Nowadays I'm a scripture on Sunday. I'm giving them faith. Doors is open. No us is needed.